Come on in, guys. Welcome back, Talking Llama for Survivor 43, Episode 3. Matt and Jared back here, of course. And Jared, first episode now, that's back to the normal 60-minute time. We got a little spoiled those first two weeks. What did you notice, or what do you think of the the switch back to just the 60-minute time slot? It felt a little weird. Uh, like, a decent amount still happened. Uh, I didn't necessarily feel like I missed anything but i i could have gone for more yeah that's a good good way to put it i i was worried that they were still going to try to cram in a bunch of stuff like they had the first two two weeks but they they were pretty well restrained i thought with what they tried to put in there they got a little heavy on the backstory and there were there were good stories with with Neca and Noel but that's still just focusing on one person that I would have preferred less. I, I I still like those packages when they do those. I think it gives them really cool insight into the players, but I think they need a better balance of how much they're showing of that and how much they're showing the actual camp life, especially with only 60 minutes, you know, 42 minutes of actual showtime and getting that in with the the player interactions. Because one thing I'll, I'll talk, we'll maybe talk about it on the vote is Noel was very unsure from what we saw how the vote was going to go. But at tribal, it didn't seem like she was considering playing her extra, her steal a vote at all. Something happened between her coming back from the, the journey and going to tribal council that should have reassured her to that fact. But we saw none of it. Yeah, that was, I guess, I don't know if that was intentional to leave us in the dark. Uh, Cause I, I can imagine if everyone just agreed that they were going to vote NECA out after the challenge, like it would be better for viewing if they, left some doubt but yeah that that was that's fair but still we knew she was distrustful of jesse so even if he had told her that yeah we're gonna vote neca that that alone maybe wouldn't have been enough to really convince her so i feel like they know what they're doing they they have so many people who worked on the show for years literally decades they could have they could have put it together in a way where there's still some doubt but would still lay the groundwork for us to see why she was so confident to not play her her advantage there yeah that's true and it i mean it could have also been equally interesting to watch if we saw her you know gain this advantage and then work her way out of even having to use it before tribal council that would have would have been a good way to edit her yeah yeah because was was it what she said and did or were Jesse and Cody just set on getting rid of NECA and Noel just happened to be the benefit this vote? That would have been cool to see as well. But let's let's back up. We'll, we'll get back to that. Let's start at the beginning here. And speaking of the edit, we open up with Cody rehashing the beads from last week. I hated that. That oh. was almost one of the worst ways you can open an episode. If you have 90 minutes, sure. Show a couple, a couple, a minute or two of this, but... This could have gone in last week's episode. That's what people mentioned last week is that 
we never really saw him get that last bead. They kind of flash back to it. And then the show's a little bit, and the show's a little more here. Show that last week when it's more in play, more applicable, and when you have more time to work with. I, I couldn't stand that they opened with that. Yeah, I I was like, well, interesting way to open up your shortest show of the year. Yes, I was I was very worried. That's how they started that. It was maybe a sign of things to come. But overall, I was happy with how they edited it. But uh, it was, yeah, not a great start. Uh, but no. yeah, so basically that was that was it for for uh, Cody. Um, Jesse still remains wary of Dwight. All the work he put in trying to get Dwight on his side and with Dwight still resisting. Jesse's not sure where Dwight stands. He might need to be the next to go just kind of by default. Um, and then so Dwight and Noel start talking, working together. Um, Noel is clearly on the bottom of the tribe after last vote and how that went down. So she knows she's got to do something to, to flip that position, which she does by the end of the end of the week or end of the episode. I'm sorry. Um, over on ba- over on Baca, this the whole thing with Gabler's idol is I don't understand it and I cannot get enough of it. So if you, <laughs> if you remember last week, they there was discussion over Gabler's idol that they weren't sure if it was good for the first two tribals in total or the first two tribals that Gabler attends. They went through his bag and confirmed what we knew that it was the first two tribals he attends. So they know that they read the piece of paper that he has and Ellie and Janine are literally unsure or they, they actually believe that Gabler may not know how his own idol works. Now, is that <laughs> I whose stupidity is that a testament to? Is it Gabler's or is it theirs? Because it could be both. It, it's both. My, my immediate thought was, do they either one think he doesn't know how to read or two doesn't have just the most basic reading comprehension like the level of disrespect to a person's (laughs) intelligence that this demonstrates is off the charts and And it's hilarious well i i would also add at the same time i myself could not say with a hundred percent certainty that I think Mike would know exactly what's on that that piece of paper either. But I it's it I mean it's a very easy thing to understand if you have the idol and that much of your game relies on that. Yes. And and the fact that they stick with it and oh my gosh. I so Owen Owen then tells Gabler that they went through his bag and and what they're thinking. I I part of me wishes that Owen hadn't done that to see Gabler's reaction. Now it seemed like Gabler based on how, what they showed us that he was very confident and certain of how the idol worked <laughs> Yeah, was, that. So it probably uh, wouldn't have mattered, but I, I part of me does wish there was nothing that kind of infiltrated that. So he was coming at it completely fresh, but yeah, he, he, he knew how it worked. And the fact that Ellie and Janine are so confident that he's confused about it. I, I, I'm still high-ish on Ellie, but this, I'm probably overthinking it, but this one little thing is like, how can you think that about somebody? And about the, it, it makes no sense, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I personally like, uh, gosh, who was it? You said Owen? Yeah, I think it's Owen yep. telling him. Um, or wait, wait, no, 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 no. It, it was Sammy. Sam, Sammy told him. 
Uh, okay, and then yeah. Owen was like playing the middle ground because yep. he knew that they did it. And then, but he um, but he feigned like he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sam. Yeah. My my mistake. Sammy told Gabler. Okay. Um. So I I kind of like that Gabler got a heads up ahead of time so he could play into what the girls thought was happening because it would have been a lot harder to do that like where they like they could have said like oh yeah like now that your idol doesn't matter like we're wondering if we could do this and this with it and he'd be like wait no it it does though like that i could have seen that happening no yeah that's a good point and i do like that i i just wish just to confirm that he's not as dumb as they're thinking he is, that he knew like off the bat that it that it worked, but it seemed like he did. But yeah, that would have been good. Um, or I do like from his side that he was able to play into it and just kind of put them at ease. And I don't know. I can't wait. I, I hope one of them goes out soon just for the exit interview to hopefully ask about this moment. And Mike asked about it anyway, but the sooner they get voted out next or the closer they get voted out to it, I think the more likely it is going to, be that they talk about it but i've never seen anything like this yeah it's um it, it seems to be like two people this time just have no awareness of like what uh, or their perception of the situation is so so off and that i guess the closest thing or most recent thing i can think of would be romeo uh thinking that he had to convince people he had a fake idol <laughs> but i hadn't thought about that probably since it happened or at least since we talked about it and yeah that was a great moment yeah uh either way not great not, not great. great on their part not great um that's really it for baka for right now going, going to coco they're in full celebration mode uh they're eating good james's birthday is on the island they're winning everything they haven't gone to travel council spirits are high and then things start to get shaken up a little bit. James, wild decision on James's part. He says, well, if we're not going to do anything. I'm going to go looking for an idol. It's like, dude, what? <laughs> you don't just, you don't just say that. Yeah. I, uh, it's hard to defend. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's hard to defend, but I feel like this guy, again, I'm overrating. I know I'm overrating the chess player thing, but like, you have to think like several moves ahead. And I feel like he would not just say that without like understanding what the consequences might be. Or like he had, he had just assumed that at some point everyone would understand that people were going to go look for idols, but yeah, but there it's one thing to understand it. It's another thing to just announce that you're going to go do it. When you put it out there into the ether with your literal word, yeah, it's it's it sends a different vibe than just kind of accepting that it like like well, well let's talk again about the ninety eight home run chase. Everyone knew they were juicing. Everyone knew, but no one said anything. No one like came out. Not that my eight year old memory can think of. No one was pounding the drum that they're they're on steroids. Everyone everyone knew it. But no one really cared because it was so it was so fun. There's, it's an unspoken agreement that we're going to be okay with this. Here, everyone goes to look for an idol. You know it; it's happening. But you don't speak about it. You just let it happen. Then when they announce their intentions, it's a little sketchy. Might have been a stretch, but no, no. I 
I get what you're saying, and I had a rebuttal, and then as you kept talking, I decided I was not going to say my rebuttal because what you said made sense. I like it. I liked it. We don't we don't get that often on the show. I like that. Um, but it's actually Carla then who finds herself with some alone time because James takes a nap instead of going looking for an idol. The other three, um, or other four, go off on the boat or raft to fish and whatnot. So she's just by herself. And this is when you go looking for idols, when someone just leaves you alone. And she finds the beware advantage. And this is kind of what I was hoping to see in this season. Now players, they kind of know how the beware advantage works. We saw with Cody where he acknowledged he could lose his vote, took it anyway right before Tribal Council, worked out for him, luckily. But players are giving it more of a thought this time around because they, they're they assuming it's a, it's a lost vote. And right now that's still the case. But if it changes, they know there's something they're going to risk by taking it. And so they do they do give it a little more thought. And Carla, who, if you remember, didn't risk her vote at the, the risk or no risk in the premiere, just has to play it safe again. Now, now it changes in about two minutes. But what did you think at the time when you saw her leave it there? Uh, I respected it. We've talked about doing that, you know, I guess every time we've seen the <laughs> it seems like every time we've seen it get taken and uh it was interesting that someone finally made the choice. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, I'll let you keep going before I say more. I I I liked it because I think it's the first or would have been the first time that someone left it without because like didn't Shannon Ricard find it and leave it with the intention of going back to get it later? I don't remember. I feel like there was sure. something with it where they were, or, or like they, or like she picked it up, but then put like the paper back in its spot to make um, Jeannie think it was still there. I feel like there was something with that. Maybe I'm getting completely wrong, but I think that's how it happened. Something along those lines, but this would have been the first time where someone had left it with the intention of just leaving it there. And it was interesting because that, because then she goes back and talks to James about what he would do if he found it. And I never really considered this part of it where making the decision to leave it is one thing, but then sitting with that decision, letting it kind of eat at you throughout the day. I'm not surprised that she kind of said, screw it. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back and get it. And it felt like she was kind of talking to James, wanting him to convince her to go back and get it. And maybe that wasn't the case, but that is a little bit how it came off that she was just looking for affirmation that yes, you should take this. Yeah, I I think the part that would be hardest for me is not like knowing that like it's there and second guessing myself. It would be the uncertainty of like knowing it's there and that someone else can just go grab it and I would not know who it was or what they were going to do with it. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the one thing It's because, yeah, it's one thing to know. When it, if it's gone, that somebody has it, but that somebody doesn't tell you, then you are definitely in the dark about where that one piece sits at least. Um, but she gets it. It's the same, same beat advantage. Did you have any, any inkling or thought or hope, excuse me, that it was going to be anything different or did you assume it was going to be the same thing? Uh, I thought it was pretty much going to be the same thing. Do you like that it's the same thing or do you, 
rather they they mix up between tribes i'd i'd prefer it be fair for every tribe and the least risky way you can do that is just to make it the same yeah that's fair i just, I just saw some some chatter on twitter that it felt kind of kind of samey that it from a, a tv perspective it might have been fun to to mix things up yep um and i don't know like this is the topic so we we'd, you know i discussed i had some takes uh pre-show and maybe we could let this play out before i jump in but i feel like as long as we're on the topic i'm like i've decided i don't like this either even though it's better than 41 and 42 i just, okay. I just what about yeah, it i don't like it it's um it's just unnecessary i'd rather i'd rather someone find an idol and just have an idol and then use the rest of the time to show us other conversations rather than just like having to show me every time that someone goes through the motions of activating their idol. I just, I don't need to see that anymore. That's fair. That's, that's a very fair point. The one thing that this one has going for it is way more so than the, the phrase, beware advantage. It gives you a lot of, a lot more insight into the player and the person in terms of how they go about getting it. Like Cody used his his goofy personality, his his salesman approach to kind of just con people in a sense to, to giving him his their beads. And here we saw we saw Carla take kind of individual specific approaches to each person on the tribe. Like James was was super easy. He's kind of gave it to us. He literally said at one point, I don't care. And then but then like with, with Geo, she knew that he he liked that as a keepsake. So she, so she had to change her approach for him. Ryan, um, she kind of played the girlfriend um, angle up to him with what she was trading. Lindsay and Cassidy, she traded away an earring of hers to them for their beads. And just seeing her kind of work the social angles and adapting her approach, it was, it was the same big picture idea, but just the, the little tweaks on how she worked with each person to do it, I thought was really impressive. And it was some cool insight into maybe how strong her social game might be. Yeah, I thought I thought she adequately performed the task. I like I wasn't super impressed by it. Um she does this, I think she has some good insight into you know what drives everyone on her tribe. Um so I like that's nice to see. I just rather I would rather spend the time hearing her think through how and when she's going to play it rather than how she's going to get it. Yeah, I don't think I disagree. I, I would still prefer the quote-unquote old way, but it's it's a definite step up for me from the phrases. Oh, for and, sure. And I, so yeah. I'm assuming every season or every two seasons, every cycle, they're going to adjust how the Beware Advantage works. And see, that's what I don't want. I just, I just don't want it. Like... Uh, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna keep it, you'd probably want to do that. But like, it's just so unnecessary. That that part I I definitely agree with. That because you can't keep it the same because of how obvious it becomes if you once you watch the show, you see what people are doing. Is there? There's we've talked a lot in the past couple of seasons about the new additions and 
how you don't always need to add new things to the show. Some parts of the show work and you don't need to tweak them. And if you think every two seasons, they, they've got to add some new wrinkle. Yes, it's an existing concept, but it's basically a new advantage or new twist every every two years or every year, every two seasons, I guess, because you have to change how it works. It's just the name stays the same. And that, yeah, it keeps the, it gets the, keeps the players on their feet and you're on their toes, which they which they want in this new era. But not everything needs to have this big overhaul. And what I would love if they do is like in 45, if they go back to just regular idols, because everyone at that point is expecting the wear advantage. They've gone through four seasons of it, two full cycles. Everyone's watching for it. Take it out or have the wear advantage not deal with idols, have it be with something else, but just go back to regular idols and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen that way, but I think it'd be fun. I don't either. Um, Yeah, I think so. We talked about this a little bit last season. And I think part of the problem for me is that like I like Survivor because it's a competition where you you outplay outwit outlast your competitors and this beware advantage is just another way that the game has changed where instead of playing against the players you are playing against like survivor itself like you're you're playing against jeff or like you know like you have to overcome this thing that that survivor puts in front of you you're not like directly competing against your tribe or you know and I think by by making it a normal idol, you would take it back to playing against your competitors and keeping it this way. You're playing against the game. And I yeah, I'm I'm just getting a little tired of of watching people try and have to adapt to the how the game is changing. I think I think that I've I've heard other people talk like similar similar similarly about that there we go and that's one of my might be my favorite kind of rebuttal to the to the new you know quote-unquote new era is that they are playing more against the game versus against the players and it's in it's infinitely more interesting when it's head-to-head and it's this alliance versus that alliance or this person versus that person or these this two versus that two whatever it might end up being that the the social and personal relationships and how those coexist and clash and intertwine that's way more engaging than seeing someone have to navigate jeff's latest brainchild which lately i've had a very hit or miss success rate and historically i feel like there's probably more good than bad but in terms of the twists and advantages it's definitely a what have you what have you done late for me lately type vibe and their track record is not as good the last couple of years with with that part of the game. But I don't see that changing because nothing that they've done aside from the ones they've gotten rid of, the hourglass and uh do or die, is like game breakingly bad. So there's not this massive outrage from fans like there was for say Edge of Extinction, which Jeff got literally Twitter bullied into into taking out, which is one of my favorite things to happen. That <laughs> Just an incredible community moment for all Survivor fans. Big win for everybody. Um, sometimes bullying works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just have to do it to someone important and famous enough. Yes. 
Yes, exactly. And and so that part of it is kind of frustrating because I, they're going to keep throwing things at the wall. Some some are going to work. A lot are going to not. Um, but I think if they keep, I think I think worst case is they keep having these. Eh, that's okay. Type of things that if they have something that's truly terrible, they're going to hear the backlash and they've now since proven they're going to listen to it. If it's big enough with edge of extinction, hourglass and do or die, there was massive hate for all three of those. They got taken off. If people love something, they're going to hear about it, but it's, it's those middle ground areas where it's a lot of like it, love it, hate it. It's fine. I can live with or without it. You don't hear as much about that because no one is passionate enough to defend it or, you know, eviscerate it. So if they don't hear anything, they say, "Oh, it's probably fine." Um, so I mean, we'll see what happens going going forward. But I, I do, I do think a Survivor back to basic season people that have pitched would be a lot of fun if they can just kind of get their their heads around that not everything needs this big massive game mechanic twisty stuff to it. Yep. So. Back to uh, the beware advantage and uh, Carla here. You got more after after that tangent. No, <laughs> no. See, that's why I was debating saying anything. I no, I that's feel the, like that's that's, just, kind of, that's the kind of stuff you got to bring up. Yeah, it's a it's a long discussion though, and to just sandwich it, you know, within summarizing the episode, I, yeah, it, had to be it, done. It, had to it be comes done. up when it comes up. Yeah, uh, that does get us to the immunity challenge. Uh, one by one, three players from each tribe jump off a tower into the ocean, swim to a stack of crates, climb up the crates, dive off the top of the crates into the water, retrieve a key. Last two players use the keys to unlock uh, the puzzle pieces to solve a turtle puzzle. And holy shit, Noel. Out of this world. Because she so she takes her leg off for this. And in the in the to unlock the key. You need to dive down and kicking your legs is pretty important in, in this. And most people probably have a hard time doing it with two legs. And she's got one and is just, just running through like, like what it, I'm sure it was tough, but it looked like it was nothing. Like this was incredible. Yeah. Like, uh, even climbing up the steps and everything, um, wasn't really a whole lot of difference time-wise between her and everyone else. Uh, yeah, I not to like focus too much on how she does all the challenges with one leg, but I would have, I would have just been curious to see like the full scene of her diving in the water and then like plunging under water and how exactly she got there because i feel like we skipped a little bit but that's not it's not super important i'm just more out of curiosity more, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, this this was nuts like obviously I mean, she's a paralympian champion and gold medalist so obviously sixth, sixth place sixth place was it sixth place she uh has the american record though. oh is the american record i mean so, so pretty <laughs> <laughs> could be better could be better can't can't be poo pooing any any countrywide <laughs> record in athletics. I'm not gonna, uh, <laughs> not gonna trash no, that, especially yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, but still, just ridiculous. I I guarantee she did better than I would by a long shot in that challenge. Yep. Not that I'm any physical specimen, but 
Oh, I, I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm. I, I was just super impressed with that. It was super cool to see. Um, one thing I want to say though, I thought the buoys were very easy to unclip because they were literally yeah. just a clip. And I thought this this era was all about making things harder. And even before this, they would have knots or some sort of obstacle, if you will, that would make it somewhat tougher. Because, I mean, there were times, I mean, like, first one that came to mind is James in Ghost Island. Went down to get the buoy. Couldn't do it. Like, he literally could not do it. There was nothing even close to that here. And I don't know if there, if I've missed that in the last couple of seasons, but I, I'm going to try to start paying more attention to the water challenges when they dive down to unlock things and, and see how those how that's set up. I don't think you missed anything because I noticed the difference for sure. Um, and I feel like if I really noticed it this time, I, I would have noticed it before. Uh, it felt intentional. Like it, it felt like they really wanted to decrease the amount of time you spent getting the buoy. Yeah. I, and then the one thing I can, I can kind of come up with is that they didn't want someone to not to pile on James to like be like that where you just couldn't do it and just try you just tank your tribe's chances at winning but for no, that's on, what the puzzles for exactly on the on the scale of survivor challenges this didn't seem like a that difficult of one to do from a physical standpoint it'd be tiring absolutely but anyone who's going to be on the show can probably do it they can jump off they can climb up they can swim enough um but the buoy part, there should be something that kind of makes it a little tougher, I think at least. And, and again, small potatoes, small, not really going to complain about it. At least maybe this is complaining, but I'm trying not to actually complain. But something that I would, I guess, prefer they do differently is add add something to it. Make them unclip like three things. Make Do something about it. But Yeah, I, I mean... Again, yeah, this it's really we shouldn't spend a whole lot of time talking about it. It's it's a decision, though. <laughs> like, I think that's I think that's fair. It was definitely a decision. And uh, we're not exactly sure what they were going for. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Dalton Ross does a, a weekly. I think he still does a weekly Q&A with Probst. I wonder if that'll come up. I hope it does. I'm not I'm not sure when else it would. These um, are the things we need to know. Yes, these are the, the key things, Jeff. Um, so they basically all get to the puzzle at roughly the same time, at least based on how it looked. And even when you saw them, a lot of shots of them doing the puzzle, looked like they were pretty close at the starting point, which is what you want to see. Or you want to see one to make a huge comeback. Uh, but Ellie and Janine just dominate the puzzle, uh, get first for, for Baca. And then um, Jesse and Neca were, they had a lead. I couldn't really clock how big of a lead it was. Jeff kept harping on it, but it didn't seem like they were hugely out in front, but they were in front to some degree at least. And then, but then um, James and Lindsay for, for Coco overtake them, take second, send vested tribal council back to back challenges. Um, and if you thought we were getting two weeks in a row with no risk or no risk, you'd be sorely mistaken as Jeff pauses everyone and says, we got one last piece of business to go through. Baca sends Noel to the journey. 
They choose James from Vessi and Owen from their own tribe. And we get to the, the risk or no risk. And we get a, and Noel is apprehensive as she should be. Cause this is the worst time to be mm-hmm. away from your tribe is before the night, the day of the vote, when you were on the wrong side of the vote, one tribal council ago, a day ago, two days ago, whatever it was time-wise. And you're just gone for most of that pre-tribal planning. So not ideal for her. I thought uh, that was it for her. Like I, I thought that, you know, we're going to try not to make it obvious, but like I could not see any other outcome. But the one thing initially that kept me thinking she might have a shot is just, you don't know how the risk or no risk is going to shake out that you don't know what the advantage could be. Could it be just a straight up idol that part? But just from like a game standpoint, I, th- I thought she was, I thought she was toast from, I thought she'd at least be the target, whether or not she would have something that could negate that. I thought she was for sure going to be the consensus. Yeah. Vote. Yeah. Uh, but we get a, a really cool, I thought one of the personal packages from her talking about her time in high school, earning a D one lacrosse scholarship, losing her leg, battling back from that again. I don't want to say that this was a bad inclusion because it was a, it's a really cool story, but it went a little long because then we got basically nothing with the three of them aside from their ultimate decision of, yeah, we'll just be together if we, if we hit the merge together. It's like what led up to that decision? And because Owen and James were very willing to just say, yeah, you're on the bottom. We're pretty solid. We'll link up at the merge. Take the advantage. Like I, I don't hate the result there because that can be that can be smart if they don't they really don't think they need need it but show us how we got there unless that's all there was i guess i mean i suppose like, it really could have been that easy but show show us them talking a little bit more like we, we just saw noel saying what do you guys want to know i'm i'm toast i'm on the bottom and then they and they go oh okay like what yeah or at least show us how long the walk is, like we saw every time for season 41. Or someone like Dwight saying how easy it's going to be. <laughs> many, many ways they could have gone. At least we but, got Noel I mean, saying how 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 crappy it was going to be and realizing that, which was true. Because the little bit they did show looked pretty crummy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so so Owen and, and James, they're very, they're more than willing to just not risk it and let Noel take the advantage. Um, build some trust. Hopefully get together after, after the merge, although that's easier said than done, putting on your alliance, but laying the groundwork, nothing wrong there. Uh, before Noel gets back to, to Vessi, um, we've got NECA and Dwight talking about the vote. This is when I thought NECA was maybe, excuse me, when NECA was maybe going to go. Because when she's talking to Dwight, she says, I can't leave Cody and Jesse. And then she starts crying, thinking about just thinking about voting out Noel. And then we saw her braiding Dwight's hair. So like clearly, and, and they're talking alone. So clearly there's some connection there that if someone's going to be that, I guess, indecisive, sometimes that can be the easy vote, especially when you're also the weak link in challenges. That's where, that was where I thought maybe there was some leeway, but I, I thought, I thought Jesse and Cody were tighter with her and I thought they were smarter than that. To be honest, I did too. I it just makes you wonder, like, what was the point of getting rid of Justine if just one more bad challenge from NECA would 
sway you because like you probably knew this was coming. Yeah, that that's the thing, because if if they are as tight with NECA as they say they are, let's just assume those three are super tight, you know, three together, assuming no advantages or idols, which is tough to assume, but let's just run through it. The three of them can vote out Dwight or Noel, their choice this time. Next vote, they lose again. They can vote out the other one of those two. If they go to tribal as a threesome, Cody and Jesse, I feel like, can stick together, protect themselves, get neck out at that point. Because then it, then at least you have people, each time you have people that you trust and can work with. Now you're potentially making the tribe stronger from a challenge standpoint. But instead of having a three, a three, two majority with a strong three, you got a two, two split with a strong two, but again, it's only half the votes. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'll let you keep going. Um, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of spaced there for a second, but it was, I, I feel like it was pretty, pretty easy uh, or a pretty confusing decision. Like I, I mean, going back to what I said with like what, I mean, I thought, I thought what they did last week, I'll put it this way. I thought what they did last week was a long play. Like they wanted like, to like set playing, like playing the long game. Set yeah. Them, yeah. Set themselves up. Yeah. And it, I mean, it wasn't so I guess that's, that's all I, that's all that's really <laughs> going on in my head. Well, I mean, you even, you even see Dwight and Cody talking about how, how close they are with NECA that they can't go against her because as Jesse says, it'd be like voting out my mom, something, you know, she should call up Sierra, see what she thinks. <laughs> yep. Uh, Ar- this classic. arguably was more emotional than, than that vote, I would say. Yeah, I mean, this actually, well, I won't say this took thought and the other one didn't, but I just feel like the other one was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> the other one was completely this one foregone. Is, yeah. Sierra's vote did not matter. No, no, but. but yeah, this uh, this was, I, I, I mean, I, I can see the line of thinking. I disagree with it. And at some point you've got to, you, if you have a line of thinking or a strategy that's working, you've got to stick to it. So much can change in this game that if you have something consistent, that's working, why would you want to shake things up if you don't have to? Yeah. And, and it's like, not to, not to get too, uh, in the weeds as, uh, Chris would appreciate me saying, uh, I, I think it's like, how, how likely is it that your next challenge is going to end with a puzzle and NECA is going to be on it? Maybe pretty good because they probably don't want to put her in the physical part. I guess, but I don't know. I, but, but, ag- like, but again, if their line of thinking is we trust NECA, we want to work with NECA, that shouldn't matter. Yeah, no, you want to yeah. win. You, you don't want to go to tribal because you never know what can happen. But if you can keep people you are close with around and you can do so reasonably easily, I, I think that's the route you need to go. Yeah. Not, yep. not a Agreed. good look for my winner pick, Jesse. I'm glad he survived. Glad he didn't get spun around on the steal a vote, but 
I still, I still not, you know, regretting the pick. I still think he is a solid player, but I thought he would have had more foresight than this, but maybe we'll get some explanation. We'll see some more insight. I always say that I feel like we never get it. Oh, we got it this week at the very beginning of the episode. What did I miss? Or the, did I not? None of it. How it, we didn't, we didn't get to see the final bead from last week. Oh yeah. I mean like actual insight into what, <laughs> to your earlier point, what players are thinking, not how does, how is the game messing with their game? Yeah. Well, Hey, maybe we'll get two more minutes at the beginning <laughs> of next episode about this. That's the kind of stuff I want to see at the beginning <laughs> of is let's discuss the vote and the thinking behind it. Not let's show a clip of me taking a beat from somebody. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's, I, I actually, now that I think about it, personally like it when they show everybody getting back to camp to start the next episode and they're kind of rehashing, uh, you know, what went on. And Yeah, it, when they're yeah. actually talking about the vote and the game, I, I like that. I think it's a great way to start the episode. It's an easy, consistent starting point. Um, but I don't need to get back into why this week was dumb. It was dumb um, the way they started it. So we get at Tribal. Um did you think, what did you think Noelle was going to do? What was your inkling what she was going to do? Mm, six. <laughs> that part was incredible. I, I felt <laughs> so seen by Jesse right there. That is, that is completely up my alley to just be like, no, we need to get this on a, on the standard scale, a same page. We can't have three different systems and how we're writing our comfortability. Yeah. I, well, to answer your question with how I felt, about her being gone and already kind of being on the bottom. I just didn't think she'd have any other option, but to use the steal a vote and vote Jesse out. I was hoping she was, I, I was thinking so far ahead, like I'm hoping she doesn't use this to vote out Cody. That's like my main concern. <laughs> what was your thinking as to why she would use it to vote out Cody? Or are you just kind of guarding it's worst case it's the worst thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> Because we've seen that before, where people overthink it, where they're like, "Well, I should use it to use this to target Jesse," but they're gonna think I'm gonna target Jesse, so I'm gonna target Cody instead. But yeah, Cody going out. I would rather Jesse get voted out than Cody, just because Cody's so fun. Yeah, a, down, yep. a quiet week for him. But every time like that dude, that dude talks, just like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this guy. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I that's exactly how I thought it was gonna go. I mean, I thought. I, I just assumed that it would be used and I was thinking ahead to who it was going to be used against. I would have loved it if she just turned around on Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> Sabotage everything. Just gets, just gets sloppy with it. Even her I, game, I love, a, yeah. I love a good sloppy illogical play. It makes things fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does not use her advantage and it's NECA four one unanimous vote. And once again, the shot in the dark does not even come up, does not even get mentioned. No. I think the still the only time it's been mentioned is when Gabler said he wasn't going to play it. He's next level, though. That he's, you know, if he's thinking about it, it he's probably the only one. That's how that's how in the game he is. Get, get Gabler and Roxbury on a tribe together. Oh, love it. Love it. Uh, so she does not use it and was the correct read, obviously. That that I'm always impressed in a spot like this when players can seemingly 
confidently make the correct call. Because I feel like it'd be very easy to get spooked into just using it. Another reason why I wish we would have seen something from them at camp, just, just to say, oh, we can see both sides of it. Show us a little bit of both. But now we had only I mean, so little of, of her time actually talking to the rest of her tribe after the journey that, again, we mentioned before, I, I wanted to see how she navigated that or if it was just Cody and Jesse independent of Noel, just deciding that we're going to vote out NECA, not we're going to save Noel. Yeah. Yep. Would have been good to know. Um, I guess, well, yeah, what else specific to tribal do you want to cover? Because I have some. Uh, specific to tribal. I don't have anything. I think that's it. I, I, again, I think Jesse and Cody made the wrong choice. And we'll see what happens because now they're unknowingly, at least in the minority now, mm-hmm. if Noel wants it to be. I don't know how close she is with Dwight and how much they're working together just because she doesn't have a choice, really. I mean, she did show him the advantage, but she also kind of needed him to make it work if she wanted to use it. But yeah, at this point, I think she's got some room. I think, I think she could go either way. She could, she, I mean, she did tell him she had nothing. She could reveal the, the, the steal a vote to Cody and Jesse and say, I don't want to work with Dwight. Let's vote him out. And I've got this for us to use later on. But I, I'm I'm really inter- interested to see where she goes next because I think she does kind of have her pick depending on, on how things shake out afterwards. Yep. All right, um, what, what do you got, though? I had a couple – well, a couple closing points. Uh, number one, so does Cody not need to bring the beads and wear his hat anymore now that he got them one time because he was not wearing his hat today? I think that's a good question. I didn't even think of that. I think he has to have the bracelet at tribal. Cause like yeah. that's the, cause that's the idol. It's not like he can trade it in for an idol. That's the actual idol. So in that, in that sense, it works like anything else. Like JT did not bring his idol to the game. Cha- the winners at war travel council or the game changer, whatever one he didn't bring his idol to it. it it's effectively like you don't have it at that point. You don't own it. Um, I don't think he has to wear the hat. I don't think that matters. I just think it's the well. I, yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, I mean from a from a keep up appearances standpoint. Like, well, I I was just making. I, think I was assuming can... the hat was the idol because it had everything on it. But like, obviously, the hat is not the idol. It's no. It's, it's I don't I don't think it's the hat plus. The I think it's just the bracelet, so I I think that could be in his bag, and he can pull it out. Yeah, as an yeah, item. but like uh, my point is, you know, whatever form it's in, like whatever form the bracelet slash beads are in, uh huh. We did not see them, and there was no mention made of like if he still has them or if he had to give them back to people because it seemed like kind of a spur of the moment thing and that was okay, one of my okay. main questions I, I see my my guess would be we didn't see it because it didn't matter i feel like it very well could have been talked about 
but because it bared no weight on the on the episode or the vote or any part of it that they at least made that wise choice to leave it all out and if he if people had asked for their beads back i feel like we would have seen that that'd be a pretty big moment to to skip I, over i would hope we would have seen that i so, until I we think... see the idol again i'm just going to assume it's a non-issue and he's got the complete bracelet at this point yes i i assume he has everything he needs until we hear differently but i would also not be super shocked if that's not what happens like it would be it'd be nice to not have to assume that it'd be nice to know yes yep no i i would i would agree but but yeah i i think until they let me down, I think it's a safe assumption that we can believe what we just said, that until they show us otherwise, he's got it and he's fine. All right. So that was one thing. Um, second thing. So I was I was like pretty out on Noel after last episode. Like I just seemed like she was on the bottom, uh, you know, not making a whole lot of friends around there, like seemed to be a little complacent. And then this episode was like all of the opposite things of that, where like she just rolled through the challenge. Uh, You know, she worked with the people to get the extra vote or to get the steal a vote. Um, And then she didn't even have to use it. And like, it was, like she definitely had the strongest episode out of anyone this week. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that was my, just, that was my just, last just point. observation. Yeah. Yeah. I, the first two weeks, I didn't really have much of an opinion either way on, on her in terms of like a player. She seemed like a fine person. She was I no issue with her, but she didn't really like draw me in. Like aside from her unique story, that was really all I knew about her. And like was that was apparent really, but I I I really like her now after after this week. I thought she had a great week. Um, she's very excitable and personable. I don't know how how great of like a narrator she is for the game, but she's got enthusiasm, which which will help for confessionals and just kind of getting people on her side, I guess. And the way she says like friggin' as just like this emphasis of I'm, I'm just gonna freaking play this game i i love that 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 really hit hit for me because she said yeah. about four or five times it seems like yeah that's that's a normal person that's uh very very relatable yeah i do want to know if that's her actual go-to word or if she was consciously censoring herself because she's on survivor and she wanted to have her moments not get cut out no athletes no they they only <laughs> use the the most professional language as Tom Brady said, we're not choir boys out here. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that? Uh, I'm sure he said it. I don't remember what it was for though. It was, it was, it was, I think it was on the Patriots. He got caught on camera saying like the F word. I was like, let's, let's effing go. I think. And someone like called him on it because, because of course you do. And he's like, yeah, we're not choir boys out here. And it was, it was, was the quote, which I just love. 
Uh, yeah, it takes a special person to notice that and make it a big deal. Do you know how often players are caught <laughs> swearing on, yeah. on TV, whether you can just read their lips or hear it? Yep. I'm watching the, did you watch any of the Labor Cup? Uh, not yet. I've been meaning to. I know it's, I, I can't, it's like, it's going to take a lot of emotional energy for me. Very sad. Fed's, Fed's last match. But there was a, a time, there was a, a point where, where Tiafo. Or maybe it was the U.S. Open. It was the U.S. Open or Labor Cup. It was it was Labor Cup. It was for sure Labor Cup. Because I remember I was at my parents' house when I was watching it, and you just heard him just yell the effort after a point. <laughs> like just no no delay apparently no no beep. Just, just hear him just yell it. Like it happens all the time. I, but I don't know. Weird tangent to be off on there. That was that was my my fault. But yes, Noel, we're in. A, we're we're Team Noel. I think it's safe to say after episode three. I, I won't say I'm Team Noel. Um, but you're not not Team Noel. Right. I I'm again, I'm a six. I'm a six or seven. <laughs> that that's gonna low-key be one of my favorite survivor moments because that was super frustrating. Yep. Well, yep. like we said, like how confident are you? And he goes, nine. Like no, I feel he goes, like, he, I feel he like goes you 10. say how confident are you? Oh, oh yeah, you, Cody. Cody you'd said you'd, nine. you'd answer yeah. in a word. And we, I, I would think, and then if he says on a scale of one to ten, then of course you give a number. I don't know what what would if someone just says, "How confident are you in whatever?" Would you answer with a word like "very" or "not very," or do you give a number? I would definitely answer with a word, um, but Cody's brain does not work like that, and <laughs> I'm, I, so appreciate it. That was a great moment. Um, and I, I always like when there's one person who's clearly different than everyone else. Like, oh, nine, nine, ten, very confident, five. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I feel like most votes, if you're answering honestly, are probably like a four to six range. And then there are some where you can be seven, eight, nine, ten. You can never be ten. Let's be serious. You can never be yeah. ten. Except at a final three where you're o- the only one casting a vote. Only time you can be you can be a ten, but yeah, occasionally you can be a seven, eight, nine. But I feel like usually four, five, six is about just there's so many unknowns. You can never be a nine. Yep. But I love the confidence. Yep. the uh, The reasoning for the five too was confusing to me because she was like, "Well, like I could I could not know what's going on, or." It could be going my way tonight. So a five. And I was like, well, that sounds like a one to me. It sounds like you don't know. Yeah, I I thought the same. I think she would. My thinking or how, how I would rationalize it is that she was just like balancing out the two sides and just taking the average. But if it's how sure are you that you know what's happening? Yeah, it's like that was a one answer. <laughs> Textbook one. Yeah, I'm sure she was just trying to get out of there without drawing any attention to herself. Yeah. And smart though, play. Smart. That, play. That's that's got to be one of the least talked about parts of Survivor is handling Jeff at Tribal. Because we because we've all heard, heard stories about how players say like, he'll like pepper you. If you don't give him like, an answer, he'll like yell at you and just like make you say something. So towing that line with Jeff is is a part of the game that we don't often see because they obviously edit around that. So yeah, I don't I don't envy that that kind of position. The game is afoot. Sure is. 
any any last thoughts, closing thoughts on first three weeks, next week, this week, or just said said what you need to say. I still have an overall positive opinion of it. Good. Um, the victory for Team Survivor right there. We'll take it. Yeah, I like. I feel like I'm always on guard. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to just like get into a mindset where I'm like really looking forward to it every week, and I I have high expectations because I know. I know that's going to be the week. Okay. The, the low risk, low reward approach. That's one way to go about it. That's how I live my life. <laughs> I, I, I do prefer to, if I like something in survivor, I want to just like love it and just like bask in it. And if I'm let down a great deal, I'll, I'll deal with it. But I, I love being able to just really enjoy what I'm watching though. I do have moments like that where I'm kind of just, on edge a little bit and I'm sure there'll be a moment or two this season where they'll introduce some twist or advantage or some something dumb where I'll have to lean back a little bit but right now I'm just I'm loving the ride yeah I've I've been there before I mean I've been super excited about Survivor like I I can't even describe like the excitement I would feel going into a season that I was watching for the first time that I'd heard amazing things about. Like I was, I just had the confidence and, and the show has, has lost that, that leniency from me. So, well, maybe 43 will go a long way or some way in bringing that back for us here. I hope so. I hope so. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us for this week. Episode three is in the books. Big week, episode, big week next week, hopefully. Preview is a preview. We'll see what happens. See what kind of mischief the Survivor tribe tribes get into. See how they insult Gabler next week. Uh, see calls intelligence into question. I they Last thing, do you think they know what he does for a living? They can't. I, d- I doubt it. They I can't. mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to think he's that stupid to begin with, I mean, you might as well think he does that job and still be that stupid because, <laughs> like, they're both stupid assumptions. Yeah, I don't know. I, I need way more insight into that whole, whole dynamic. Yeah. That's that's yep. good stuff. And that I won't mind seeing the flashback to next week because or just show new stuff. I just hope it continues. Show new stuff. Um. But yeah, that, that should do it. Uh, subscribe to Talking Llama if you're not already. Apple, Spotify, or anywhere, anywhere else you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at Llama Talk Pod, on Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. And we'll be back right here next week for episode four. And for Jared Sunden, this is Matt Hambridge. We'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Christmas.